welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Today we interview Shayel, biomed student, social media influencer, business owner, and runner-up survivor contestant and all-round legend. We dived into Shay's story on how she started a journey earlier on from working at Uber, owning a yoga business, traveling to host retreats around the world, and then starring on The Survivor. Shay talks about her defining moments in her life that allowed her to shift her perspective from traveling, finding her own power, thriving and not just surviving, dealing with imposter syndrome, and why you need mindfulness in your life and how you can start thriving in your professional and personal life. Thanks so much for listening in and enjoy the episode. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Shay, also known as Shay L. It's my full name. Um, I am a biomed student, first and foremost, my full, like full-blown nerd. And I host retreats. I teach yoga. Um, and I have my online business, which is very confusing to wrap my head around because it's a lot. It's just a multifaceted uh, brand. That is me. Look, it, it sounds like there's a lot going on, but we'll dive a little bit more into that in a second. Let's talk about where you were born, um, what your upbringing was like, and how you got yourself to this place here and now. So I was born in Sydney. Um, I grew up there until I was, I think, 25. And then I moved to Thailand to run a yoga school. Um, and I was always just into ballet, a bit of surfing. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, and then I started traveling and realized that there was so much more to see. So I traveled, went to so many countries, lived in Canada after that, uh, spent a lot of time in Asia and throughout those countries, I just got into teaching yoga. And from there, I got roped into hosting some retreats, uh, hosted some of my own, hosted some in different countries like Ecuador and Bali, Australia, um, and now I'm, when I turned 30, I decided I wanted to go back to uni. And so I'm studying biomed and then I got roped into Survivor. And then after that, my, um, I guess my modeling at the age of 32, my modeling's taken off a bit because people just wanted a Survivor girl <laughs> in their running ads or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, my retreat business is still going really well. So it's, it's quite hectic fitting everything in. That's epic. The cool thing I like about that is like, there's like, most of the time, like, I guess in society, you usually like a lot of people are like directed to, you have to do like one thing, get good at it. And then like, that's what you focus on for the rest of your life. Mm. And I think it's cool because you've got like so many different, like multifaceted things happening, 
which is really cool. Obviously, you can, um, from experience as well, get a little bit crazy at times. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit, where are we? How are we doing it? It's getting done. But what's like with traveling, what was the biggest perspective shift for you when you started traveling? Because obviously, that would have had an impact on your life. Um, when I started traveling, I think it just made me more open and accepting and loving of other people's cultures. And so I wanted to celebrate other people's cultures more. So throughout doing retreats, um, it got me, I guess, I guess if I, if I didn't travel and I still did retreats, they would be very sheltered in a sense and not very broad, but because I was traveling and doing retreats, I was noticing so many beautiful things like the way they but the Balinese cook and the way the Ecuadorians um you know treat the seaside or what they do there's just so many beautiful things that you could bring into those retreats and we did a temescal ceremony which is like a you like snort (laughs) you snort tobacco and you basically throw up and then you get really high kind of and you go into a sauna that you can't escape for two hours and meditate and it's so wild but it's the most beautiful meditative experience and so just little pieces like that, being able to bring that in and bring the experience of that in and take it to the next retreat um, has broadened my, I guess, my horizon of where I can take the retreats and how far you can really push it and what you can involve, like what can be involved in retreats. So that's been, that's probably been the biggest impact of travel. Um, but it's also just shown me that anything is possible. And at the end of the day, it, even if you don't succeed and don't have crazy lot of money, as long as you've like lived a life that you've been brought joy every day and you've made beautiful connections and met different people. I think for me at the end of the day, that's a successful life. Even if Mm. I don't own the fanciest car or whatever, I don't don't really care for that materialistic stuff. And I think that is as well as what traveling has shown me that the happiest people I met had pretty much nothing. It's so funny. Hey, like I remember when I moved to London um, a couple of years ago and I traveled around Europe and it was, it's so interesting when you talk to strangers because like, they're also like usually super welcoming. It's, it's kind of like before like there was Google Translate and all these things. I was a mime essentially like <laughs> being like bread, wa- agua, water, blah, blah, blah. And just like yep. it, it creates this whole like connection towards how good it is to be, you know, experiencing a new place and meeting new people and going into like that unknown zone of growth. And in society today, I kind of believe that there's just not enough real challenges thrown at us so that we can actually create you know that that stability or sustainability in our own life or become less um fragile more more or say um so like along your own journey and stuff obviously you know running businesses and such let's dive into what that business is it sounds interesting (laughs) (laughs) so technically if you were to hire my business you could get anything from a yoga teacher to model to uh, a host like a hosted retreat um to oh, what, oh my god I'm trying to think of all the things I've done recently it's so random when people ask me to do things I'm like I guess I do that now yeah. <laughs> um a lot of it would be hosting things and maybe that's because of the survivor days um so whether it's just giving a, a motivational talk or just literally being somewhere like the amount of times I've been paid recently to just be at an event and to me that's mind-boggling like it kind of feels very um in, yeah, what's the word when you don't feel like you deserve to be in that role I can't imposter help. syndrome. Uh, yeah 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 imposter imposter syndrome. Syndrome. yeah 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 uh, I'm getting used to it now because it's it's been a while of doing that but um I would say the main thing in my business would the top two things would be top three things would be like advertising things through social media um 
retreats and modeling which is so funny I do not see myself as a model at all (laughs) but that's like you know that's the cool thing is like most models don't see themselves as models like all my friends that I'm friends with who model like they're just very casual people very chill people and you know they just go there do some photos do a video do a bit of acting and like that's it it's not like like it's not the the whole like this person's a god kind of thing um although a lot of people do idolize people in certain positions in life because of like the fantasies that i I believe that they create that that's where Mm -hmm. they want to be and but that's an interesting thing in itself because a lot of the people that i've been lucky enough to meet over my time on the potty or traveling or whatever it is in business when you actually know like the story behind these people, you start to realize that it's not just like, you know, lights and cameras. It's like a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and a lot of struggles along the way. Um, Especially like when you go into building something new or creating yourself or going through imposter syndrome as well. Imposter syndrome is so interesting because so many people, myself included, beat themselves up when they think that they don't deserve to be somewhere. Mm. But imposter syndrome is actually the first signal that you're actually changing who you are, which is wild. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Cause otherwise how would you get to the next stage up mm. in developing yourself if you didn't actually feel a bit of discomfort? A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh. So it's, it's super, you just write that down. <laughs> you're like, yes. I'm taking um, notes. This is a lecture, right? Yeah. This is like a, Personal development course for me. Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that I think it's so interesting. So it's interesting that you, you know, you touch on that because what is it that you, you do in these circumstances for yourself when you are, say you're somewhere that you're like, Oh, I don't feel like I'm, I'm worthy of like, you know, being in this position or this isn't who I am because a lot of especially startup businesses or people starting a new career or trying to change who they are struggle with that. I think luckily for me my yoga practice has taught me to just surrender. Um, so it, I'm really glad that I have just been practicing surrendering for the moment. So when that does happen, um, I kind of have a bit of a laugh. Like I'm really, I think I'm very laid back with my approach to failure. Like I kind of actually lean into failure a little bit. So if I get a bit of imposter syndrome, the first thing I probably would think is, oh, well, like if this doesn't work out, if I'm not meant to be here and doesn't work out, it's it's been a fun ride. Like it's a bit of an, oh, well, I'll fall into that failure. It's fine. But at the same time, I know that failure, like pushing towards failure is actually pushing towards change and, and bettering yourself. So uh, yeah, surrender to the process and think if it's meant to work out, it will. And weirdly enough, it happens with retreats. I think there's no way in hell I could book 18 people. Like my last retreat was 18 people in Bali. And as the booking started coming in, every single time a new booking would appear, I was like, you're kidding. You really, you want to join me in Bali? Like, okay. And I think in every booking takes a little bit away from that imposter syndrome because it's like, well, that person's just, they see value in you. The next booking, there's value in you. So it fades quickly when you you start making those bookings. And then um, I'd oversold the retreat, but luckily had enough space. And so that was, that was huge for me. And when I got there, I thought, I thought it was kind of cool. Didn't think much of it. And then the, the retreat owner came up to me and he was like, we've been running this for, I think it was a, a year at that point, um, the retreats, and they have sort of one or two a month. And he said, we've never sold this many spots and we've never had such a beautiful collection of girls. Like I'd somehow collected the most gorgeous souls. Oh, sorry, I'm begging my microphone. Can you hear that? <laughs> I talk a lot with my hands. 
um, yeah, he's like, you've collected a really impressive group of people. And then I realized that's all, that, that all comes back to how I've marketed myself, the way that I present online, because these people are like, we, we share the same morals, we share the same values. Um, and so of course, when they turn up and we start communicating, we're like a group of best friends because we already share so many common grounds. But back to imposter syndrome, I think for me, it's about surrendering and knowing that like, if you fail, it's kind of a good thing because you've seen how far you've pushed in what you can do. And also um, you'll surprise yourself when you let, sit back and just let things roll out. If you've done all the behind the scenes work, it's, it has to pan out in some way or another. So let it pan out. It's interesting too, because like a lot of that is all in the unknown. You're, you, you're essentially like doing things that you're just not sure of because it's a new experience. And the fact that you've got like the full faith to kind of commit to that too is obviously such a, a cool achievement because you can be like, all right, well, let's just see what happens. And I'm personally a big believer in everything always happens for you and it doesn't matter what time, what place, you're never late, you're never early. It's just always happening the right way. Yeah. And, you know, the thing with what you're explaining even then with even imposter syndrome, which is really cool, is like just allowing yourself to kind of surrender to it and, you know, detach from it because mm. – you know, I don't know if you've like read stuff on Joe Dispenza or anything like that, but one of the things he talks about is like, obviously like what's emotion, energy, emotion, what's energy, emotions, just like feelings and emotions that we're reacting to in time and space. And essentially like the more we detach and the more we surrender to what we we are doing, you know, the more we get to actually be present in the moment every day. And being a yoga instructor, um, I did some research. Did you used to own a yoga studio? Uh, I didn't own it. I oh. managed and ran it in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so oh, actually, like, I have owned one in, in yeah, Australia yeah. as well. I forgot about that. Yeah, in Sydney. Uh, yeah, Cronulla. Oh, yeah. Miranda. Yeah, I, 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 I went through some websites. I was looking all over the place. What? I didn't uh, even know that's online <laughs> still. Um, I've done a bit, haven't I? But that's that's the cool thing. And would you say that, like, you know, working on your own mindfulness and yoga and stuff has allowed you to become more present to allow you to be more productive per se? Oh, yeah. If I I think meditation for me is the thing. Well, meditation and yoga, in my mind, go hand in hand in terms of the benefits of helping me become more productive. So if I, like, on a bad week, I'm just going, like, ass to grass, wake up straight into the gym, a coffee, uh, work, another coffee, uni, like so intense that I don't have a second to breathe. I don't have a second to text my best friend to check in on her. I don't have a second to write back to those important emails because I'm, yeah, asked to grasp. <laughs> and so then on the weeks when I'm, I still have the same amount of work, but I prioritize 10 minutes of breath work in the morning and maybe 45 minutes to an hour of yoga in the afternoon. There's something about decision making that happens in yoga so if, if I come out of it well, when I come out of a yoga class and someone asks me a really complex question about my business I could probably give them a really succinct answer I'll get straight to the point and it it just yeah it's the right answer whereas when I'm in a rushed state a I'm not going to give them the right answer b I'm going to jump around and get distracted by eight different things and change the topic and not make any sense um and c probably not enjoy myself in the process and sort of resent how much I'm mm-hmm. like I resent the person asking me a question resent my work a bit so yeah, there's something to there's something there in taking those breaths and connecting like your mind, body and spirit, even if it's for ten minutes in the morning or for fifteen, twenty minutes in the afternoon, but it 
seems to center my thoughts down and it's actually mm-hmm. been one of my new year's goals. I don't really like having big resolutions, just like having little habit changing things each year. And this one has been taking 10 slow breaths before I touch my phone. But my, my, um, my key is I'm not allowed to take my mind off of the breath. So I might do like breath in, breath out, breath in, breath out. And by the third breath, um, my brain's gone, oh, make sure you buy spinach today. And I go, oh, start yeah. again, breath yeah. in, breath out. And I, it takes me about 10 minutes sometimes on a bad day to get to 10 breaths without thinking of something else. But that's just my brain. And that's a cool, cool thing as well because it kind of like teaches you like to be fully present in a moment too. You have to be so present. Mm-hmm. The, the cool thing is like everything you're explaining to is like when I, I've talked to people in the past about like, you know, like obviously it's like your nervous system shifting from like your, your synthetic state, your fight or flight to your parasynthetic state, your rest and digest. But you know, the cool thing with that is like, I talked about this on a, a, a retreat that I hosted is like, if you wanted to change like your emotional state and you have to change, you change that all through breathing. And that changes your brainwave state, obviously going from like your beta gamma down to your theta, theta delta, pretty sure there's another one, but for another day. Um, <laughs> um, but also like when you change, when you realize that you can change like your, you know, your focus and, you know, get into that, that flow state as most people know through your breath. And then you realize that you can regulate your nerve system through that. And once you realize that you can regulate your nervous system, you regulate your stress, then you can regulate yep. your life and you become less reactive a hundred percent. And it makes sense. It's crazy. <laughs> in, in science, it's like, okay, it makes sense. But yep. then the amount of people that even study this and still mm. mightn't actually apply it because you, you you think to yourself, oh, but I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy to do that. Yep. But do you want your work to be productive? Do you want your sentences to make sense? hundred <laughs> percent. I could spend two hours looking at my screen pretending that I'm working <laughs> or I could just breathe for five minutes and actually get something done. Do it in half an hour. hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah. And you've got to be, and I think to someone that's never done breath work or never done any sort of meditative mindfulness, it sounds so woo woo mm. and it's not until you try it and reap the benefits and then and then have an off week where you don't do it and then notice the difference and then jump back in and do it. You have to try it on. It's, it's, yeah. And that kind of, it's, it's interesting because it challenges people as well. Like, obviously if it sounds we were, then they're like, Oh no, like, like I don't, I don't want any of your gypsy drinks or anything like that. Like <laughs> I, it's fine. And you're like, no, like just, just try, try the breathing. The, you yeah. it'll, and you look at the corporate world now and like society and more people are getting in tuned and they are trying oh, these yeah. things, which is which yep. really cool. Whereas I'm from orange where like, if I started doing breath work, I'd probably it's get like weird. pitched right. up and I'd get, you know, they put me on fire. Stoned to death. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I so actually, like, I worked at the Uber headquarters for a bit and we had so much you could do. It was like yoga in the afternoons. They would encourage you to go into the sleeping pods and just take a break. Like, wow. Yeah, it was really, and that was six years ago. So oh, really? I, now they're all walking, they're floating around the office. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like having all their herbal teas. They've got all the yeah. cleansers. I'm so yeah. about that. So talking about like, obviously like your own, your own state and being in control of like, you know, how you react or proact in life. What's been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in life that's given you the biggest lessons? Um, my biggest challenge. Was a couple, but my biggest, I would say when I moved to Thailand, I actually moved there for a guy to run his yoga school. And when I got there, he wasn't there. Um, and it was a big shock to my system because 
at that point I was 25 and I had just trusted everybody and I was so naive and I was so sheltered. I lived in like the Sutherland Shire, so Cronulla, very Anglo-Saxon, very privileged kind of place to grow up. And um, yeah, and I think when it turned out that he had like been seeing other girls and all this crazy stuff, um, it turned into a real big drama. Uh, I actually can't say a lot of the things that happened because pretty hectic things were involved. But um, I had signed a one-year contract to be there and things got really scary and really dodgy. Um, mm. And I had to find a way to get out of there. And that meant me taking responsibility for A, my own actions, but B, my life because I could have ended up in jail. I could, there's a lot of question marks around what was happening. And um, I had to, for once, not people please everyone around me and just put myself first. Um, and that took, that took guts, but it also took gr- a moment of growing up. And I think, I think my yoga practice actually really helped that um, process because I was able to understand that what was happening wasn't happening to me, but I was just experiencing it through human emotions and the, the whole human experience. And so instead of every day waking up and crying, which was the first few weeks, um, I chose that that didn't, that didn't define me. Everything that was happening was just a lesson to be learned. And so I was learning, learning to detach um, from the pain of it all and from the very really the very real the very physically scary things that were going on and it helped me get perspective make a plan and get out of there and getting out of there was a bit hard um there was a point when I was lying down hiding in the back of a taxi and like (laughs) it was so wild um it's when I retell the story in detail it it feels like it didn't really happen it feels so surreal yeah but um I made it home um and then when I moved to uh, Canada a few years later I actually somehow ended up in a very similar situation again. And um, I was living in someone's basement (laughs) and I was kind of trapped. Like I couldn't get out, didn't have a car, didn't have any other friends. And I went, oh my God, Shayel, this is the same thing. This is history repeating itself because you haven't changed properly. You didn't change at the Mm -hmm. core. And that was when I really, so I think I looked back and when I didn't really change, I just did what I had to do to get out of there. And I learned some lessons in Thailand and then Canada came up and universe whipped me in the ass and was like come on you're not learning this lesson uh yeah and so I came back to Australia and really genuinely started working on myself and um took life a little bit more seriously that's epic and so huge too it's like especially when you get those experiences too because those are the things you can't hide away from either I love them. And now I live mm. for them. When something yeah. crazy like that happens, I'm like, what are you teaching me? What have <laughs> we got to move through here? And I guess that's like, obviously what you've learned, you've learned to like rewrite the script in the way that like you can write the end of a script and you can see what the end result will be based on the decisions that you make. And that's like, you know, basic cognitive behavioral therapy techniques and uh, ways that you look at the brain and how we kind of like, I guess, think, act, speak, behave, etc. Like mm. it's, you can either one like catastrophize and you can make everything worse than it is and you act out and you can amplify everything or you can like, you know, write the end of the script and be like, all right, well, I'd like this ending. And having the ability to choose that choice is really cool as well because when you have that ability to do that, you can be like, all right, cool. Now I'm actually in charge. I've always been in charge. Oh, you've always been in charge. That's the thing. Like no matter what's going to happen, like what you said before, where you are, when you are, 
thing. It's not just happening. That's just how the world works. Mm. But but it's how you respond to your environment. And I've actually been in a relationship where the person was very reactive, very negative, very much like the world is trying to attack me. And that stirred up my um my nervous system so much that I had to leave the relationship because I realized that the two very different ways of living. And I yes. was and I think I started to mimic that. I started to go into victim mode and I was like, oh, I do not want to be here. Like, this is not how life should work. doesn't matter because if if I'm going to fall over and land in a pile of dog shit, I'm going to fall over and land in a pile of dog shit. It's just how I respond to that. And I mm. way prefer being the Shayel that laughs about it and goes and finds a solution than yeah. it ruins my entire day. Yeah. You're going to eat, you're going to eat poos at the end of the day. So you might as well just eat it with a fork <laughs> and a smile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, it's so true. Like, you know, the environments that you are in are obviously going to be like the, the, the end result of where you are in the, in your life. And I don't think it's like as well known as it should be that. You know, if you hang around someone who drinks, you're going to drink. If you hang around who someone smokes, you're going to smoke. If you hang around someone who's successful, you'll eventually be successful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I I wouldn't like to call them hacks, but there's definitely ways in life where you can obviously thrive a little bit more, I feel. What would be three three things that you've found that's helped you thrive a little bit more in life? Oh, that's a really good one. Um, I definitely think that meditation and yoga has to be at the top for exactly what we were saying before for productivity. Um, prioritizing my sleep. I know it doesn't sound that hacky or amazing, but as soon as I, cause my, my, uh, what's the word? Optimal length of sleep is eight hours on the dot, no more, no less. And when I prioritize that, which is the majority of the time, probably 80% of the time, maybe 90%, I function really well. I choose good food to eat um i'm not reactive responsive moody uh, i get my work done i don't have headaches whatever the second that i sleep outside of that range everything comes flooding back and then each knock onto each other so if i start making poor food choices because i'm grabbing fast food or high processed sugary food because i'm tired and just lacking energy i'm going for those quick snacks and those quick snacks send my blood glucose higher then it drops then i'm moody then i'm cranky then i respond to an email in a way that i shouldn't have then i jeopardize that job like it's such a domino effect and so i know that the trigger for that domino effect for me personally is my sleep so my eight hours sleep and then that kind of gives the green light for everything else to run smoothly um so yeah we've got eight hours sleep we've got meditation it just sounds like i'm a sloth (laughs) i just want to hang off this tree and relax (laughs) Um, I don't know why I'm putting so much pressure on this. I feel like it has to be perfect. I think just nah. moving my my body, honestly. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't move my body, I sit at my laptop and I think it's probably like an ADHD thing. But I'm like fidgety and I don't get anything productive done. As so I have to have my outburst of energy, and that also is my mental health time. Like if I'm surfing, if I'm training, if I'm throwing weights around, getting all that frustration out or any emotions out, and then I sit down and I'm productive. Yeah. No, they're epic and they're like really good foundations too. The cool thing is, is like my brain instantly goes to like, I guess like, oh, that does that and that does that because of that from being like in the industry and stuff, you know, like in endorphins. And then you think about mm-hmm. food, like obviously you get nutrients. So that's going to actually help your body, you know, one recover, 
reduce inflammation, allow you to actually get the vitamins, minerals you need to function properly. And sleep obviously being the biggest thing that we need to go through our cycles of maintenance. And when you, you simplify. Yeah. Sleep, move and um, mindfulness. And they're all like, they're literally the, the fundamental pillars of all health and wellness, which That's is, <laughs> you know, like, like, which is really good because like when you have those, those fundamental things, I do feel that like it, you've got your blocks in place. So a lot of people are trying to build houses, but they're not putting a foundation down. And if you don't have a foundation, you're not going to have a stable house. So true. Yeah. In, yep. in your business, what's some of the challenges that you've faced running a business? Oh, that is a great question. Sometimes I think it's, well, it's different for me because I'm a student. So juggling priorities in terms of an assignment due or a big exam versus disappointing a company like Nike by being late with content has been one of my um, areas that I struggle with. But funnily enough, I I sort of forget about the big struggles. I think because I get so excited about all the, the, the huge projects coming up and the success that if something does go wrong, I kind of just journal about it. I might have a little cry, power cry in the car, and it's done. So honestly, nothing is coming to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in a really positive state now that we're in the early January days. I'm like, oh, you know what? What what bad Love days? It. Yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> no, but in in retreats, it um, it would probably be the the burnout that you get after the retreat because you give yourself to twenty odd people, um, day in day out. You mightn't get much sleep because girls will they treat you like a bit of a counselor in a way. They'll because they follow me online for a particular reason, for my mindset or for my motivation or for whatever it is, they have never met me in person before. And so they really want to chat about, oh, how do you make sure that you eat that breakfast every day? Or how do you deal with your breakup while also being online? How do you da 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 da? And those conversations can go until midnight and we're going to be up at 5 a.m. for a hike. And I'm like, eyeballs hanging out of my head. Not only is it the lack of sleep, I've got my eight hours sleep. It's also also you're giving that energy. So over the years I've learned, one of the biggest lessons with retreats is how to hold space for someone but not take or not give them your energy and not take on their stories because I'm really empathetic. And so when someone tells me a sad story, like if you tell me right now a sad story, please don't, I'll cry because I'm too empathetic. So I've had to learn about how to cut that back a bit and just to be a bit more level-headed and not and hold space for someone without getting too involved. Yeah, that's epic. It's like it's something that like I teach like some of the facilitators who run some events for me or jump mm-hmm. on my retreat. It's like never become an emotional dumping ground. Oh, and that's me. That's been me. Yeah. Yep. It's easy it's to. I, look, we've all been there, especially after like after retreats. Like mm-hmm. you know. It's it's quite funny now, like whenever I run a retreat or after a retreat, I'll probably need usually about like four to five days of yep. just like just recharge sure. time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Lay in the ocean, like yeah. just float. Just yeah. just just be nothing. Just let it all come back. And it's quite funny because all the people who help me on the retreat, they just like send me a message like, How you going? And I'm like, Yeah, good. Just sitting in the sun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll go to yoga just because I know I need someone to hold mm. my space. And yeah. I'll walk in, sit in child's pose. I'll come five minutes early, sit in child's pose and just cry. Yeah. I'm like, thanks. This is all I needed. I needed yeah. like someone to hold space for me because I couldn't have done this at home at the beach. I needed someone else. And it's funny. Energy, just the way it flows through people, like we obviously can't see it, but we can feel it. Oh, like if you buy a truck after a week retreat. <laughs> it, it's interesting though, like, because 
I think that's probably like one of the huge things as well is like not a a lot of people do realize that like all it takes is like prime example is like if someone said to you and you're just completely burnt out, you're tired, you're unmotivated and they're like, you know what, you're doing a great job and you should be really proud of yourself. You know, like that. I would love that. Yeah. Like that, those are the the type of things that I feel would make such a, a, a bigger difference if people realize the, the difference that that can make in someone's day as well. Like it doesn't take much, but because we don't realize the value of it, we don't make it a priority too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they're there to be looked after. So that's probably mm. in the back of their mind. They're like not even thinking at all about the physical player, but. Oh, even just strangers, like in the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Just like, like just someone like in the street who's like, just cause like I'm a big, uh, a big value of mine is doing good deeds and yeah, you know, all you have to do is like, and the amount of times I've been like, Hey, how are you going today? And then just like you, but you encourage them to speak yeah. and, and actually answer with not just good, but yeah, I'm okay. Or I'm are okay. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like yeah. going down that path can make a, a, a huge difference. I love it. And that's what I love about the surf because like, I think it's a place where people are happy to open up because you're just mm. sitting out there with each other and the second that you can get someone talking about themselves I don't know if yeah it feels really it happened today with my housemate and I went for a surf and this one guy was just really smiley and happy but he had no one to talk to and everyone else was in little groups yeah so we paddled up and started chatting to him and he was you just see his smile go from like content to like so (laughs) I don't know so happy because he had someone to chat to and yeah it, it melts my heart I can't can't talk about it for too long I'll get sad <laughs> so in your own journey like coming across obviously business like going into modeling um and like inspiring other people to be the best versions of themselves mm-hmm. as you're going along this journey you know what advice would you have for someone who you know might be in a place where they do feel lost or alone or they just you know, this unsure of where to go. Hmm. I get a lot of people ask me this, but they mean more geographically, like they feel yeah. lost <laughs> and they <laughs> they see that I've moved to the Sunshine Coast and or when I've moved to Canada or other countries, they're like, how did you do that? And how, how do you not feel lonely? And I feel like there's no cure to not feeling lonely, um, especially when you change countries or change states. But coming back to the surrendering part and knowing that, life is just going to like life has to continue to move on and opportunities have to come up. It's never, it's never going to feel this same way. It's just that it's just how you deal with it in the moment. Um, so in the industry, you've just got to see it as a challenge in my eyes. Like when I, I turned up recently to this huge campaign that I was shooting it was a Nike one and I f- thought it was going to be small <laughs> and I got there and it was, it was like a movie set. And people running around and someone's grabbing you from the behind and they're pinning you together and someone else is doing your makeup, someone's spraying fake sweat on you. And then another model walks in and she's got a very strong personality and the next one walks in, even stronger personality. And I just felt myself sinking down. And I thought, don't don't sink down. You're not you're not less than, you're not because other models were like typical in my eyes, like successful models. Like anyway and so they have a very strong presence very confident they wanted something they'd ask for it they you know and whereas I was like ah a bathroom like you know just wanting to to people please a little bit not not get in the way and I don't make too much noise and I remember there was a shift in my mind I think it was when I was getting my makeup done I remember thinking 
I could sit back and feel lonely and feel sorry for myself, but that's not going to be something I want to reflect on. Like imagine when I'm in 20 years or 10 years looking back and thinking, oh, I shot that huge Nike campaign, but I didn't enjoy myself. I didn't learn anything. And so at that point I decided to think of what questions I could ask the girls about themselves. If they're, what countries they've lived in, what they, what else they do for work and da, 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 da. And even though I was still the shy, quiet little one and they were like loud and excited and running around the place, I still found my own contentness in just getting to talk to them, talk to the makeup artist, learn her story and getting to connect with people for me was just a challenge because I already had put myself below everybody. Um, and so it just felt like that hierarchy in my mind that I was below everybody disappeared when I got to know them because we're all human and we all have different stories and they would ask me back stories and when their eyes lit up when I would tell them something about my story it made me feel like oh there is no hierarchy we're all just people um and that in itself was a challenge and I so I think looking at being lonely as a challenge can be helpful because I like to I mean, maybe this is because I'm a competitive person. <laughs> I can win this challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could not feel lonely. But yeah, I, I don't even know if that can be um, summarized into a sentence. But No, that definitely makes sense because it's kind of like, well, it's just like motivational questioning, I guess. Like you just, it's like solving a problem, you know, you, and it's like, oh, I could catastrophize this and be like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Or you can be like, well, how can I actually make the effort and take responsibility and be a part of something? Because yeah. that's that's the biggest thing because as humans, we get inside our brain and we get in like chook brain. So we're in fight or flight and we're just running around. We don't want to get like hurt. We're just like, yeah. oh, shit, what's happening? Destructive. Yeah, 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 destructive. But, you know, you went from like chook brain <laughs> into like calm meditative yogi, which is like yeah. let's learn more about this person and let, let's add in some, some energy and, and make yeah. an effort. Because yeah. find me a person who puts effort in their life and show me that they're unhappy. Genuinely put effort in, like real, genuine, like willingness to want to know someone, not just putting something in to say you've done it, you know? Yeah, yeah, not surface level shit. Yeah, 100%. I think that's that's one of the biggest things because, like, you know, you can achieve a lot of things, but, like, if the intention's not right, then you're not really going to feel so great if you're just trying to, you know, people please. So true, yep. And I think they're the sort of people that will burn out because it's not coming from a true place. It's not mm. feeding it a deeper desire. It's just surface. 100%. And it's like it's so easy to achieve things, like realistically. It's not that hard. <laughs> just do it enough times. <laughs> but you're like, just, just, do, just keep doing it and, yeah. like, you'll get get a result. But, like, yeah, if you just don't enjoy what you're doing and you don't like what you're doing, then you, f- you feel like it's just, like, not worth your time. And it's like hitting your head against a, a wall and being like, why is my head bleeding? Why is it? Yeah. But you know what? That's like the one thing that you hear from people in their 60, 50s, 60s, 70s when you're chatting to them about career changes. You know, you constantly hear that chat at birthday parties and Christmases. Oh, I'm thinking of changing. I want to be a nurse. Oh, I want to do this. And the older person will always say, do it. You've got to be mm. things you're passionate about because the amount of times people jump into a career or a degree at uni or whatever because they think they have to and it's all about the surface level things income money what my parents want me to do what I'm maybe good at but then do you enjoy it what is yeah. that um Japanese word ikigai yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's like find yeah. you ikigai and I love yeah. that because it's so true because and I think everyone that I know that's been through a career change in their 30s have been because there was no passion there was no real I actually want to do this to make a change I actually want to do this because um I enjoy it when I when I do it so then all of a sudden, it's always the career change toward the thing they're passionate about. 
and that obviously involves risk, but mm, we like risk. And, and you know, like I think like everything's calculated risk at the end of the day. If you can figure out like, yes, I have like I can jump, but if I jump, what does that look like? And how do I want to make that, you know, a successful jump as well? Because everything can be calculated as well in a way that like, all right, for example, if you've got no nothing backing you and you're you're jumping and it's not gonna actually give you uh an exchange back and you're just kind of doing it. And then maybe calculate like, well, how can I do that and get something back to sustain me long enough to continue to keep moving forward so efficiently? True. Because, you know, food's great. You know, it's <laughs> nice to eat. It's nice Paying to have, have a house. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So like, how can you efficiently do it? But like also being like, you know, pursuing it as well and willing to take the risk. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, when when they they look at doing these jumps, um that sometimes they don't calculate it and they wonder why they failed and it's like well you didn't actually set a plan in motion yeah 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 Yeah, you can take a risk but yeah calculate the risk i like that. yeah um so if let's just say you know you you're looking back in time and we'll do this exercise i've done this with a few people so you're gonna (laughs) i'll I'll get you to close your eyes oh love it and what i want you to do is I want you to imagine that you're in front of your 12-year-old self, wherever you may be, the first place that pops up. And I want you to think about what you would have been feeling in that time, what your worries were, what your stresses were, and all the unknown questions that you had. And what I want you to do is I want you to walk up to yourself and I want you to give yourself a big hug, whatever it is that you need to say to your younger self, something positive, something inspiring, maybe. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I think I would say trust yourself because you actually have all the tools that you need. And also, brown is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And if you had to look from a younger self from then to now, how would you feel? I would be so surprised. I'd be really surprised. Um, and I think I would let go of so many fears and insecurities, even though I was 12, I don't think I had many insecurities, but um, I think I would be astonished actually. Like, I'd probably be speechless. And when I was a kid, I, I was a chatterbox. So that says a lot. And how does it feel now knowing that you've done it? Um, It's actually a really nice reflection. It makes me feel um, like there is so much space for opportunity and like um, I guess so much potential in anyone's life that there's no point in getting caught up in the little discrepancies every day of failing or like mental chatter that's telling you that you can't do it because obviously I've gone from 12 year old her who had a lot of fear and a lot of I guess she she just really thought she could not achieve anything to this it was very exciting Mm. Mm. (laughs) that was was actually you got me off guard there (laughs) it's 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 a cool little tool because it you know I've 
I love doing it sometimes with guests because it allows them to actually realize like how much they've achieved and how much they've done. And it's like a really cool, energetic kind of like way of being like, oh, fuck, there's stuff that's been done here. There's been transitions. So I've got some speed questions now. Love Love it. So you've you've got to answer them as quick as you can. Okay. Uh, Worst advice you've ever been told? Oh, that's something you have to think about. No, can I have an example? (laughs) I can't think of anything. Last podcast, someone said, don't do it. Oh, oh, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Before Survivor, don't do it. Okay. Uh, Best advice you've been told? Do it. Do it. Lovely. Yeah. Like, what's the worst case scenario? Favorite childhood movie? The Lion King. Biggest surprise you've ever had in life? Getting to the end of Survivor. Yeah. And if you had to say one word to someone to completely shift their life for the better, what would it be? Perspective. It's a good one. I like that. I do not like putting being put yeah. on, my, on the spot. I didn't know that until just now. There we go. That was good. All right. So that's really mainly the speed round. That's all I wanted to do. Um, and last one is where do you want to see yourself in the next five years? Is this speed? This is not speed. This is normal. Okay. No. <laughs> then the next five years? Yeah. Um, retreat business in more countries. Uh, finish my degree potentially into my PhD, hopefully. Um, and figuring out how I can merge my love for nutrition and retreats and yoga and mindfulness into my degree, finding a crossroads. Epic. And if you had one last piece of advice for someone listening in today, what would that be? One last piece of advice. Um, I think it would be if you haven't prioritized mindfulness, such as taking 10 breaths before touching your phone um, or doing a bit of meditation throughout your day, then try it on and journal your way through it to notice the difference of how it impacts your day-to-day life and your business and your mood and your food choices. Epic. Love it. Um, If people want to reach you or watch your story unfold, where can they find you on social media? Oh, Shayel Lajoie. I'm pretty sure I'm one of the only Shayels, so that should be easy to find. It's S-H-A-Y-E-L-L-E um, on Instagram. I just got TikTok. It's not very exciting, but you can follow me there. There's a video of my mum doing the Wednesday dance. Um, and everything's connected to my Instagram. So if you have a look at my link tree, I think you'll see my retreat in Bali. I've got two coming up and I've got one on the sunny coast next week and one came in Easter and a potential potential one in new caledonia it's not set in stone but oh my god it looks amazing watch this space let's go (laughs) and i've got a new actually i've got an ebook out which involves mindfulness training and um a bit of ego chat i've got a lot of my story from thailand in there canada and how i learned a lot about letting go surrender recognizing the ego working through life in that aspect and then um there's vegan recipes and workouts and we're working on a new one, but I can't tell you anything about it because it's very new. What a bloody taste. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell you a thing. <laughs> well, um, 
thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate you jumping on the potty. There was lots, a lot of golden nuggets there. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people can take a, a lot away from obviously like your story. And it was, it was really interesting. Like, obviously you've done a lot of different things, which has allowed you to kind of like become quite adaptable to many situations and just like having that, I guess that perspective that, you know, anything's possible and you can go anywhere if you really want to is like the biggest thing I got from today, which is epic. So thank once again, thanks so much for your time and came to see your, the rest of your story unfold. Thank you. I learned a lot from you. So thank you for the little masterclass. Thanks so much for listening in guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member share us on social media, leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.